What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Betty and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 175. This is a pretty straightforward episode. It's all about reviewing the 2022 NFL draft, mainly the first round, maybe a few other notable picks. Uh, I mean, between the trades, the overreaction, the surprises, uh, it, it, it may not have had the big names of past years. But man, that was one of the more fun first rounds I can remember watching in a very, very long time. It, it was exciting for me because, you know, you, you put the work into the mock draft and, and and I didn't put it, like I said, I didn't put it as much as I'd like to before. But you're thinking about all these people that did like four, five, six mock drafts and just like it pretty much, you know, some things went the way people expected and some other things didn't quite go um, how projections went. And that, <laughs> yeah. that's the exciting part. And I think the biggest caveat, like the biggest, not caveat, but like the biggest part of it was there wasn't, there wasn't that overwhelming talent and there wasn't the quarterbacks that were desired um, by teams and, and, you saw it in the draft, not just in the first round, but you saw it throughout the entire draft, how much this dra- this quarterback class was thought of by the experts, the scouts, the GMs, and, and whether you, you, know, you can debate it or not, you know, two or three years down the road, maybe they're wrong. But in, in, in the now, it seems like this, the, the early projections of this quarterback class um, – we're, we're dead on, and you, you saw it in the in the first round. Yeah, and and uh, you were you were kind of hard on yourself. You said I only got two for thirty two right, uh, yeah. but I, I got to tell you, man, I'm I, I just typed in real quick. What did experts get? Uh, how many yeah. first round picks did experts get correct uh, in, in the twenty twenty two draft? And uh, let's say uh, I never heard of this guy before. He's from the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer. Nope, never heard of him. Uh, he got uh, Walker right, Hutchinson right, uh, Charles Cross to Seattle, and then Kenny Pickett to the Steelers, and that's it. He got four. Oh, no, he says, wait, it says five, but uh, they've only colored up four of them, so I'm only giving him credit for four, so screw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Mel Kuyper. Oh, boy. Uh, he got three of the first four correct, and that'll do it. So I got one less right than him. You got you were really hard on yourself, and uh, I was. You got one more correct than Mel Kiper. Uh, you don't make anything for it, and no. and allegedly Mel Kiper's uh contract is or his salary is about half a million dollars a year. So, I mean, you can write the ESPN probably everywhere he works for and be like, hey, look, I only got one fewer right than him. I'll do it for two hundred a year, right? I'll I mean, make that deal. If you, I, I guarantee, and I mean this sincerely, I sincerely mean this, because as much as Ben loves college football, his level of knowledge and his ability to go in depth is sincerely something that I really do think he he could honestly uh, be compensated for in some fashion. If his only job for half a million a year oh, God. was to get the draft right, yep. This dude would be hitting at least 10 to 15. I, I, I guarantee it. If he had every resource possible that these, all these guys have, and they're getting two and three, because, I mean, 
an expert is just a fan that gets paid for it. Let's be let's be real about that. When it comes to things like this. Yeah. When it comes to things like I'm not talking, you know, if you're a scientist or whatever, obviously that's a whole different level of schooling. But if you're just like a fantasy football expert or if you're a draft expert, you're a really really big fan that found a way to make money off it. And that's not a knock, that's just the truth. Uh so <laughs> if this was Ben's uh sole job, for that kind of money a year, I guarantee you would be talking about how, damn, you got the first seven right. How'd you do that? Nobody else got that. But, it, you know. It, it was very interesting. I, I actually, And for the record, I got um, Drake London going to the Falcons at eight, and I got Charles Cross going to the Seattle Seahawks at nine. Those are the two I got right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even get the first two right, which uh, depending on what week, what time of the week it was, man, it, it could have been Hutchison going one. Uh, it really – there's a lot here to unpack uh, a lot of first round talents that actually fell, fell not only out of the first round, not only out of the second round, all the way down into the third round. Oh yeah. And, and you know, that just speaks to the talent evaluators and, you know, each team has different um, expectations of what they want. Uh, case in point, the New England Patriots and who they picked. They've been getting lambasted by different experts and, and uh, not just their first round pick, but their second round pick. And some argue some of their later round picks. And it's just, you know what? What the teams want is what the teams want, you know? And the Jags could have went say, I don't want to say safe, but Hutchinson is, is pretty solid on all on all skill sets that you would expect out of a defense end. And they went Trayvon Walker. Um, and, and and I don't blame him for it. He's got some upside, but if it was me in the Jags war room, I have Josh Allen on one end. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson and put him on the other end. And now I got bookends and, you know, complimentary pieces. That's just me, though. That's not what they did, and 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 you know that's what the Jaguars can do. They can choose what they want to do. But um, what do you want to get into first, Chris? Uh, you want to go through the kind of just browse over the first round, or do you want to get into these uh, trades that happened? Oh, uh, let's just kind of just go through it. We'll kind of hit the high points as we go. Uh, as far as like just like from the bottom, like you already talked about the first couple of picks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really know enough. Uh, to really differentiate Walker from Hutchinson uh, as far as, like, overall ability or expectations go. I know Hutchinson was probably the most decorated of the potential first uh, overall picks. But, I mean, Walker kid looks pretty damn solid. Um, And it it says here he's a defensive end also. He's, he's... Yeah, they're both defensive ends. Okay, so, I mean, they really just went with their preference. They still have good defensive for, ends for... with him and Josh Allen. So... Here's what I'll say, Chris. Um, Trayvon has has the upside. Is is what the projection is. He has the uh, the higher ceiling. Hutchison has the. You, you know what you're getting. If his peak at his peak, you know what you're going to get right now from him. Trayvon, you know the sky's the limit almost. And and I'll equate that to actually the uh, the third and fourth pick. The third pick was Derek Stingley Jr. You are drafting him on talent and ability not the production you saw the past two seasons because he was injured whereas Ahmad Gardner was drafted strictly on his successful season this past season 
and with with Cincinnati, them going to the college football playoffs, uh, and the, the, his production on the field, and, and he was outstanding quarter this year. And I think that's where you're looking at is the GMs are looking at those picks and saying, okay, do we want the talent with the high ceiling, or do we want the talent that we saw the production this past season, and we know what we're getting? And that's kind of where what we're looking at because you go down the list, Chris, and it's a lot of, you know, had the production this year or they see the ability, they see this high ceiling and they're grabbing that player. And I'm, this is kind of where some mock drafts probably went sideways is just, you can never predict if you were, if we were talking last year around this time, Kayvon Thibodeau was the number one pick. He was the number one defensive end above Walker, above Hutchinson. And he didn't have a great season. I had him going number two still because the talent was there. There are mock drafts having him going 15 because mm. the production wasn't there this year. Yet, where did he go? Number five. So that's what we're looking at, Chris. It's just who wants what? And uh, – you know, number 12, uh, look at number 12. I think the Lions nailed this pick. They, they, they were at number 32. They jumped up to 12 and they got Jameis Williams, who arguably crossed the board. Everyone says if he had a healthy season, if he ended the season healthy with no, I think it's an ACL injury. Yeah. He would be top five pick. He would be the clear dominant number one receiver in this draft. But he had the injury. And I expected really to play this year. So where does he go? Number 12. Like that that tells you everything you need to know. And, and you know, and, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. For sure. And it just it's just interesting too, because <clears throat> we were watching on different feeds. I was watching the NFL network feed and you're watching on your phone. Yeah. Uh so I mean <laughs> when look I I like Rich Eisen. I like his podcast. I, I listen to him frequently. Uh, I'm no knock on the guy. He's a Jets fan. Poor guy. Uh, but my God, you would have thought they drafted the second coming of Daryl Revis or Ty Law in their prime when they drafted this kid. I mean, let's not forget about how strong the AFC is overall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how the influx of talent from the NFC to the AFC this offseason is unlike anything any of us have ever seen before. And you got guys acting... All these media pros, like I said, all these guys, they might have a degree in journalism. That just teaches you how to use the microphone and how to do all this other stuff. It doesn't teach you how to know things. Like you, you, have the, you have the aptitude to understand these things and, and these stats and, and where people should be placed in the draft, or you don't. Like, I mean, you can learn certain aspects of it, but you get it or you don't. And they have all these experts, and I'm using quotations every time I say that. Nobody can see me. It's a podcast. But the Jets and Giants made their back-to-back picks. Sauce Gardner, Kayvon Tribodeau. You would have just thought, like I said, Ty Law in his prime, and the Giants got the second coming of Michael Strahan in his prime. Like, nothing against either one of these young men. I'm sure they're going to be... I honestly I, I don't know, actually. You never know. They could be busts. They could be future Hall of Famers. Right. They could be everything they're cracked up to be. I hope their teams don't do well because I'm a New England fan, but I have nothing against either one of these two gentlemen in particular. Uh, but to sit there and act like 
you know, because it's a big name and a college level that, oh my God, this team that didn't have to really think about it because they had the best player fall on their lap. Right. Is a genius. They did so great. Well, if they were so great, they wouldn't have to continue to draft at these positions year in and year out in the top 10 because they can't get one right. Look at the Jets first round. And by the way, on paper, yeah, on paper, few first rounds that I've seen in, in, in at least the last decade are as good as the Jets had this past weekend. First round, they killed it on paper. Sauce Gardner, number four. Garrett Wilson, uh, number 10, which miraculously the minute the Jets drafted him, people said he was the best receiver in the draft. Before that, I was hearing it was Williams or Olave, the two that went after him, but the Jets drafted him and all of a sudden he's the best. Who knows? <clears throat> and then they went down and they traded back up to get uh, Jermaine Johnson, who uh, one of the experts on um, the NFL Network feed, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't think I've seen him before. He was saying that Jermaine Johnson was like his number seven or eight overall player. But attitude issues and behavior issues, Florida State, surprise, surprise, yeah, uh, knocked him down the draft board. So the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, apparently, according to these experts, because they drafted these three unproven rookies in the pros. Uh, and look, that's how it goes every year. I'm not trying to bag on them. But I just... I find it funny that all the information we have, all past information, and all past uh, like inconsistencies in drafting quality talent, character talent, go out the window. Like, Gardner kid, known for his yeah. attitude, known for his swag. Okay, that's great. Is he going to be a Jalen Ramsey in that fashion where teammates and, and, and like the community loves him, but if people play against him, hate him, but you don't care about that. You want the opponent to not like you. Gary Wilson. Is he going to be a hit? Is he going to be the best receiver in the draft or at least a competent receiver? Who knows? You still need somebody to throw him the ball. So last I, you know, checked Zach Wilson still had a lot of growing to do before that mattered. And Jermaine Johnson, you bring in a guy with known attitude problems to a fan base that can really get under your skin if you don't perform. So on paper, it looks great, but you start breaking it down, there is a lot that can go wrong here. And when you're talking about a team that is so shaky, uh, you know, draft pick-wise, with their history as the Jets, yeah, I mean, if it pans out, good moves. But it's still the Jets. I'll say this, like the Lions. Lions, you, you said that Jamison kid might be the best uh, might be the best receiver in a draft. He'd probably be one of the top five picks if he was fully yeah, healthy all year. Absolutely. The Lions also had Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. Two all-time greats. Two first ballot Hall of Famers who barely ever sniffed the playoffs when the team was terrible. So did they make the best move by trading, by getting a lot of draft capital in the first round, taking a chance on these guys? Or did they see a pretty name there at like 25, 24, 25 with Johnson and go, ooh, we got to get him, despite the bad attitude? Um, And that's allegedly. I don't know the kid. But it's, it's just interesting because then, you know, a couple of picks later, the Patriots take an offensive lineman and the entire world implodes. Right. And, yeah, it, it's not the, you know, 
You get your franchise quarterback last year in the first round. That's exciting. That's a YouTube clip. That's something you go back and you watch and you go, yeah, that's where we got our guy. Nice. But then people want that every year. And you know what good teams don't have? Exciting drafts. Good teams have boring drafts. And that's just the way it is. You may get a really talented player, but I don't care if the Patriots took the offensive lineman in the first round. We're going to get to that later on. we got some other first round to cover, especially a team in uh, a team in Philadelphia that made a move. Let's just say that. But um, it's just interesting that bad teams make these same picks year after year, and they're seen as geniuses for knowing, well, this is the best player unanimously according to all the experts. I take him, and they just applauded. But good teams take the best player for their setup, for their scenario, for their uh, effort to not have to rebuild, but continue to just add on. And they're criticized. And the Patriots weren't the only team that got that criticism. Uh, the, the Packers got torched. Right. Because they didn't take a court. Because they didn't do what Papa Aaron wanted. Well, screw Aaron Rodgers. The Packers, no. <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh... I- but yeah, it's 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 just funny how it's how it's perceived. And and Chris, I, I just want to kind of put a bow on your comment, um, and kind of hammer this point in about what you're saying about, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson. Look, Garrett Wilson, really good receiver. Uh, he's got the talent. He's got the ability. He's been you know with Ohio State for quite a few years. I think it's like three three year starter. But he wasn't even the best receiver on his team last year. And I'm not trying to dog the Jets pick because it's the Jets. Let's, it's just like when you were talking to me off the ledge about the 29th pick in the draft this year. Cause I'm just like, what are they doing? What on earth is my team doing? So you kind of, you kind of, you kind of talked me off the cliff a little bit, which I appreciate. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba had 95 catches for 1600 yards and nine touchdowns. He was essentially the number one receiver for the um, Ohio State Buckeyes last year. And Garrett Wilson was number two, and and Chris Olave was number three. But to your point, all of a sudden, you know, Jets fans and and media kind of, oh, Garrett Wilson got drafted by the Jets. Okay, he's, he's the second coming. Calm down. Calm down. They are all rookies. Even the best rookie last year out of the draft fell flat on his face in the NFL. Now, is that the narrative that's going to be his career? Not necessarily, but that's what it was. So, uh, and if my opinion, Chris, if you had Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in the same draft, Jackson's going first before the other two, because he's just that much better. And He's probably coming out this next 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 season, and he's probably going to be top five if he stays healthy. So that just kind of puts a bow on um, when we when we make these picks and we're teams, we're fans, we can appreciate the pick, but let's not oversell that pick uh, more than what it is. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys, you know, like your tackles, who are very talented and are probably worth the draft draft pick that they got selected in aren't going to show on the, on the stat sheet. They're not going to show um, in the score. They're not going to show on, you know, they're not going to pop on the field. You're not going to notice them, but 
they're probably going to serve their purpose. Wide receivers are probably the only one that might jump off the, the, the page. And that's going to be two, two thirds of the season end because they just need to learn the speed of the game. So mm-hmm. let's just <clears throat> take it for what it's worth right now. There, it's really exciting. I agree. It's really exciting. But you do, you know, just like you, you had me, you, you tried to walk, uh, walk me off a cliff. Some fans need to kind of just dial it back. And I think your point about the Jets had three first round picks. There is a reason why they had three exactly. first round picks. So you had a great draft, in New York. You did. I like what you did. You you covered a lot of bases. There's a reason why you had that much draft capital in that position. So now reverse what you've been doing so you don't have that repeat in the next two years. Well, and and I mean, it, it look, all the play, like I said, yeah, agree 100%. I already said it. The Jets had a phenomenal draft on paper. And it's, it's going to be on paper with everyone until they actually get on the field and we see what these kids can do. They're not the only one. Like, where's the criticism on the Panthers for taking an offensive tackle? You're, you had opportunities to trade down in the first round and then take your quarterback later in the first round and get some additional capital. Right. Or perhaps build your defense more. But instead, you got an offensive lineman to protect your always injured running back and quarterback who can't hit water falling out of a boat. No criticism there. The Giants invested yet another first-round pick into the offensive line. We'll see how that pans out. Who knows? Falcons went wide receiver next. Pick Drake London. I mean, I didn't hear about this kid even being one of the top five prospects at the wide receiver position. I heard a bunch of other guys. I heard Olave and Williams and Williams and Wilson and all the guys that went after him. He was the first offensive player off the board. Oh, by the way, the reason they have to get him is because they traded uh, Julio Jones to, uh, last offseason. Calvin Ridley is suspended for the year. And so now this rebuilding team has to invest more capital into wide receiver. It's not that these teams shouldn't have taken these players. And if they pan out and they end up you know, justifying their draft capital, they're great picks. But it's like, goes back to what we've been saying. Good teams have boring drafts. You get the exciting quarterback every three years when he's a shit show. <laughs> you know, you, you, you get the the top tier wide receiver when you have no one to throw to and no, nothing else on your team. When you got to... Dude, the Lions are probably not going to be a whole very, very good team this year. They had a really good tight end. I'm really curious what DeAndre Swift will do with a full year. Uh, un, un, You know, uh, another year under his belt, another offseason, going into his third year. He had some injuries last year. Really high hopes for him. But as far as we know, unless somebody something surprises us, Jared Goff is still your starter. You didn't fix that. No. So you have all the weapons around him, but you still have no one to throw you the ball. So unless this kid ends up being Calvin Johnson, and you can just throw it up in, in triple coverage and he'll come down with it, and he'll sell a bunch of jerseys. It's it's another odd pick for a franchise that's just made a living doing this. So it's yeah, it's exciting. But if the most exciting part of your season as a fan is continuously the draft, that tells you all you need to know. And and, and Chris, um, 
the the crap that the Panthers, if they got any, um, for not taking a quarterback, I think uh, they were correct in not taking a quarterback. I think they're 100% correct. Uh, th- there's no reason in this draft to take a quarterback. I told you, with my draft, I, sh- I showed you exactly where a quarterback should be drafted. And that's about as high as I would have went. And they did draft uh, Matt Corral, who was one of these – Remember that text I sent you? It was like last week or week before, where some idiot had uh, what four, four or five quarterbacks going in the top yeah. ten. Yep. Yeah. How did that work out? It didn't. And I think that guy revised his uh, draft um, mock draft uh, before the um, the draft officially started. So I- I'm just gonna say they got a quarterback. Uh, the Panthers did. I don't know if he's the answer. I doubt he's the answer. Uh, Matt Rule, there's 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 sediment that he is on his last straw. I don't know. Who knows if he is? He's got a lot of money coming to him, whether he's coaching the team or not. So, if I'm the if I'm the owner, I might not really pull that trigger yet. Um, I think they're lining up for next year uh, to get either CJ Stroud or or Bryce Young. But I don't think anyone outside of the Steelers really get crap for not taking a quarterback. It's just, there wasn't the worth. Now I will say the Steelers took the wrong quarterback and I sent a tweet out saying they will regret not taking Malik Willis in the first round. Well, I, look, I'm all, I completely agree. The Panthers taking a quarterback at six would have been asinine. I get that, but I'm saying they mm-hmm. had teams that wanted to trade up for players. Do you, do you think if, if, you know, uh, the Saints had any kind of inkling that the Jets were going to take Wilson or or uh, that they knew they were going to take him and they wanted him, they wouldn't have been willing to trade a few extra picks to get up to six. You know, like, maybe teams tried. Maybe the Panthers were really just set on this kid. But my whole thing was, how many teams traded back up into the late mid to late 20s? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Panthers easily could have gotten a uh, – they could have fleeced a team who just wanted to get up there and get their get their impact player, get their impact draft pick, have their have their pretty name read. Uh, whether it be effective or not doesn't matter. All right, whatever. Hey, we had a good draft. It was exciting. Now the season we can be two and fifteen. Who cares? Uh, you know, you could have traded down to mid to low twenties and and drafted a quarterback there, and nobody would have batted an eye, and they would have had more draft capital. It it, it it's just there's no. I get and I understand the Patriots are criticized because of the Patriots because they've had 20 years of success. They had their one down year where they were just still seven and nine with a rash of, you know, COVID opt outs. Right. Uh, and then they come back last, next year and last year they're in the playoffs. Mac Jones looks better than anybody assumed he would. Uh, and a lot of parts of a team that was going to take some time to gel really started gelling. And it's like, this team's going to be competitive again. Here we go again. We thought they were going to go away. So now anybody's, including, you know, Sean McVay, is going to take any shot they can at any draft pick mm-hmm. or any time they stumble. That's that's fine. That's par for the course. I expect that as a fan. I'm used to that. Uh, but to give none of these other teams who continuously just recycle the same positions seemingly every two to three drafts, any kind of criticism for not changing up their ways, it makes it kind of hard to to uh, have any kind of respect for these people as professionals when there's there's no accountability anywhere else. Uh, you know, I'm as big a proponent of anybody as uh, of the Baltimore Ravens 
uh, you know, really, really being a, a blueprint of how to maintain a successful team. Same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll have bad seasons due to injury, and then they find a way to come back, and they find the right guy to draft in the right position. Just always seem to be on the ball somehow. Okay, well, you're a receiver-hungry team to begin with, and then you trade away a receiver. And by the way, what you got back for him, considering his talent level, is amazing. The fact that the, the fact the Ravens are able to get a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. I was stunned. I mean, David Copperfield doesn't do tricks that good. Not only I that, mean, that's, not, that's magic. Not only did they do that, Chris, what, did they trade down twice from that pick? Yeah, they traded down to pick 23, I believe. And then when they got close to 23, they traded up to 25 and got an additional draft pick out of it. Yeah. So as far as that goes, it's great. But now they have a pissed off Lamar Jackson who they're trying to re-sign. And who's he going to throw the ball to? Mark Andrews 100 times a year? Here he does that. He's going to throw 200 times a year? There's still no receiver there. So unless they're working out some kind of, you know, post-deadline trade for Debo Samuel, or they're going to bring in Odell, or they're going to do something along those lines, this move doesn't make any sense. And even if they do get one of those guys, there's no number two now like Hollywood Brown would have been. Unless Bateman's going to, you know, really step it up this year, which is possible. Kid looked good last year. He's got potential. Yeah, it's possible. But <laughs> he's probably not ready to be a number one. We'll, well see. This is also, it's also on the Ravens' uh, front office, too. They've known about this for, what was it, one yeah. or two years? And nothing was done? This is not news. To like, them, this is un- uncharacteristic, but like, there doesn't seem to be anybody bringing this up. Like, it's just, ah, it's all right, whatever. Well, they're just going to go with what, the, you know, they're going to they're gonna do what they're going to do. They're not going to go outside of, you know, they're not going to stretch themselves to, to really acquire a talent that they don't feel fits. And, you know, they took Hollywood Brown and they got themselves a, a starting center. Which I'm not gonna poo-poo them for. I think that was a good move. Mm-hmm. However, they need to. I, I said this. What was this? Two years ago, I said this. They need to expand the offense. And for all the crap I've given to Hollywood Brown, uh, unless, like you just said, Bateman's gonna expand the offense. I, they just took a step back, and I, I, I don't see where they're gonna go yet. Lamar Jackson is heated. He. Uh, he had some tweets he threw out, but he wasn't trying to dog the pick of Tyler Linderbaum, but he's making a point about the fact that he doesn't really have outside of Bateman and, and Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews is really the only solid person he has. There's no one else to throw to. And what's he going to do, run around all the time? It doesn't That doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. And I like their pick. I like Kyle Hamilton. I think it's a great pick. I think oh, yeah. it could be. That could be someone where he, pseudo your next great player to pair with Patrick Queen. And sneaky good David Ajabo pickup late season. You could see him flash uh, on the field of his uh, ACL injury. I like that pickup, obviously. Missing a guy, so I'm going to appreciate that. But it, it's, it's a head scratcher. And there's only one other – I think the only other – move that is even more of a head scratcher is the other uh the other team that traded a, a premium <laughs> wide receiver man holy cow okay so i didn't expect this one at all this was a complete shock to me out of nowhere so 
we we talk all the time on this show, all the time, about it's great to sign that star player for that huge contract. But at some point, you kick the can down the road enough, you got to yeah. kick pick that can up, and uh, the. Titans had to do that, and they had to ship that can off to Philadelphia. Uh, they were not able to come to terms with just, I mean, to say he's good is an understatement. Spectacular wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Uh, fully healthy with a non-Ryan Tannehill quarterback. Could be a top 10, easily top 10 receiver in the game. Maybe even top oh, five. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, he was traded. Couldn't Apparently could not come to terms with a new contract. Probably because they paid Tannehill so much a few years back, well, and so have all that dead cap. Money was the issue, Chris. Well, but but here's the thing: if they have cap space, and it's dead cap too, it's the they're still paying for the Malcolm Butler dead cap. They're still paying uh, for right. uh, other defensive players. They, they have uh, the guy they got from Pittsburgh uh, a couple years ago. Um, but Dupree. Dupree paid him mega money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. who called that? You a, called a that waste? before even before I even left Pittsburgh. You said that was a, it'd be a mistake for whoever signed him the big money. Uh, and these are all these all this is in, you know, you can go on wherever you download your favorite podcast and and find these episodes. They're out there. All this stuff has been said. We're not just making this stuff up. You know, it, all these players who you think are great to sign at a time, but now you have these exorbitant contracts and then dead cap when it doesn't work out. Like Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler is going to go is playing for the Patriots again for a fraction of the price, uh, and and the Titans are probably still paying him. If not, then they stopped last year. They were still paying him last year, uh, dead cap from his from his massive contract he signed, and it builds up enough, and you can't offer a star player who could absolutely help your team for the next five ten years easily. Uh, give them enough guaranteed money to make them happy and want them to stay. So what happens? Out of the blue on draft night, <laughs> the I don't know how uh, your your team covering it reacted, but when the NFL Network team saw it, they were like, "Oh my god!" Like literally right right on national television. And uh, Eagles trade for AJ Brown, and then very quickly sign him to a four year hundred million dollar extension with like seventy three guaranteed or something. I mean, <laughs> you you were saying Ben, you you sending me telling me a couple weeks ago you had uh, uh someone you're very close with who uh, believes that the Eagles were not uh, trying to build around Jalen Hurts, um, and I, it, you and I both figured that th- these moves would would prove to this person that, uh, <laughs> and this person's listening. We're not picking on you. We're just just observations, um. Would make them change their mind. Uh, nope. Um, nope. Nope. Apparently, you spoke with this person. They still believe that. Uh, man, if they're not building around Jalen Hurts, um, I, I don't know what they're doing. Because now, this is essentially the third year in a row. They've either drafted a receiver. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they drafted A.J. Brown with that 18 pick. Right. I think it was 18. Somewhere around there. Uh, they have um, Devonta Smith. Last yep. year, and then uh, Rager, who everybody's already soured on two years ago. Yep. This is another first-round receiver, another offensive weapon. You add that on with the running back core led by Miles Sanders uh, and an offensive line that's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, and, look, I'm not saying they're going to go out and they're going to give 
uh, Jalen Hurts a Patrick Mahomes contract when the time comes. But they're building around this kid and his rookie contract. You don't make these moves if you don't think he can do it. If you don't think Jalen Hurts can get the job done, you don't waste $100 million in A.J. Brown. And I'm, I'm not saying they wasted $100 million in A.J. Brown. He's, I think he's worth the money in sports terms. But you don't bother spending it because you don't believe it's going to matter with Hurts as your quarterback. So that's – I certainly do not buy the they-don't-believe-in-him uh, approach. I got, I got just two things on this. Uh, one, uh, to kind of um, clean up your um, Titans – uh, no, they're not paying Malcolm Butler, but they have almost $10 million of dead cap. Okay. So that's, it's a collection of players. Top of the uh, list is Janoris Jenkins. I mean, I guess it's not a lot, but it's $10 million. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, not peanuts, but. How much would that have helped in negotiations? Right. And, and how much the, uh, uh, <clears throat> The $16 million you're paying to Bud Dupree. And how much to Tannehill? 25? Yeah. That tw- uh, his, his cap hit for 2022 is 30, 38. His base salary is 29. Yeah. And then I'm looking at, and I don't know what, what this is going to be. Um, I don't know if this transaction hasn't gone through yet, but I thought, I thought they released Julio Jones. I thought they did too. Well, and I'm looking at $13 million, Julio Jones. So I'm wondering if that's going to hit dead cap at some point. But anyway. What if it's going to be a post-June 1st cut? It could be. And then, so post-June 1st, that's going to, that Julio Jones $13 million is going to go right to their dead cap. And then now we're just, now we're just hammering the point in that yeah. Yeah. they could have paid, they could have paid him and they didn't because I liked Julio Jones pickup. Maybe they should have kept him. Who knows? Well, um, A.J. And- Brown had to go to Philadelphia for the same reason Devontae Adams had to go to the Raiders. Right. For the same reason Tyreek Hill had to go to Miami. Right. And for the same reason that star players on both the Raiders and Miami are going to have to go to other teams when it's time to get their money because they can't aff- teams cannot afford them with their two receivers they signed. It's a cycle. It, 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 it's, it happens. And uh, to, to, to kind of clean up the Eagles a little bit um, – I think they made a great move getting A.J. Brown. I think you've, you've evolved the offense. You're not going to be just focused on a running game. I think they picked the guy that I wanted the Patriots to get, and that was Jordan Davis. Guy's going to eat at the middle, and they re-signed Fletcher Cox to a lower cap number. They have pieces on defense. They have the offense. I think that they could dominate this division realistically because – no one believes in the Dallas Cowboys. No one has faith in the, the Washington Commanders have a good quarterback. And you can keep all the praise all you want on the, the New York Giants. And I'm not saying you, Chris. I'm saying whoever out there. Yeah. You, you want to keep all this praise that they got Kayvon Thibodeau at, at five. That was a that was a great move. Uh, Evan Neal, great move. You know, it, not really that hard to pick these guys in the top ten. But your first round pick from last year is supposedly they're trying to trade. Cadavius Tony. Yeah. The wide receiver. Yeah, already. They're already for, trying yeah. to trade him. Already so trying to trade him. Let's and I think this is the same 
front office. I don't think it's the same. It's not the same head coach. They change head coaches, but I think it's the same front office. And if it's not, it's like, and Daniel Jones didn't get his fifth year option picked up. No, that that should be of note that his, his fifth year option is not picked up. So they've officially declined that. So you want you, if you're a New York Giants fan, you want to say, Oh, we're turning the corner. We're, we're turning a new leaf, new regime. Um, who is it? Uh, Brian Dayball, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, you want to say you're turning not Brian Flores. No, you you want to say you're turning the corner in 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 into a new uh new regime and a new whatever. You're trying to change your first round pick from last year. That's all I'm gonna say. And and it is interesting that that you've had we've had now what's that three per uh, two prime time wide receivers and one really good wide receiver traded in this draft essentially because Tyreek Hill is in this draft cycle and arguably you could you could have seen two other ones in DK and Debo but uh seems like Seattle and and San Francisco are both kind of holding on to those um, yeah and somebody somebody get Odell Beckham like <laughs> somebody get that man something to do give him a team to go work out with or something I mean he's bored he's just he he's out there is. like <laughs> I mean Whatever, people were all up in arms about it. It's like, oh, whatever, dude's having fun. Whatever, you know, he ain't hurting anybody. Hey, uh, he, he got me I'd rather excited. I'd rather have him uh, making jokes on Twitter about team signing players and out, you know, I don't know, committing domestic violence or you know, assaulting masseurs. So, uh, or masseuses, excuse me. Any, but anything, uh, you know, anything else in the first round that really, uh, other than the quarterback, <clears throat> anything else that hits you? Um, uh well, I'll tell you. The Packers and the Patriots. Yeah. Their their drafts were very telling to me. There's always play there's always, you know, head scratchers or you know, they're pretty set at that position. Why did they pick that player? Uh but you know, a lot of a lot of the back of the first round is like we said, competitive teams. Yeah. Who are just gonna bolster a position. And I'll I'll get into it. May as well we're here. I said the Patriots and Packers, it was very telling. Their drafts. The Packers draft, I'll start there, was telling yeah. to me because, well, obviously they just re-signed Aaron Rodgers for three more years at an exorbitant amount of money. They drafted defense in the first round. They didn't give him, uh, you know, oh, we're going to trade up and we're going to get this receiver and that receiver. They know what they have to do. Mm -hmm. The Packers have to control the ball more and they have to stop the other team from scoring. And I know you can say, Oh, that's, that's, well, that's not exactly analysis. Hashtag analysis there. That's not really, you know, groundbreaking. You'd be surprised how many teams don't build an offense or a defense that can do those things. And the Packers for the last number of years have seen defense has been okay, but, They've seen a defense that was lacking. And, uh, you know, you get to the playoffs against the elite teams. Aaron Rodgers has proved he's going to fold on a big game in the playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, people, I, I know it's piling on more. But the guy's a regular season MVP, and he gets to the postseason, and he turns into a third stringer, it seems like. So, Packers realize they have Aaron Jones. They have Dylan. They have a decent line. 
let's bolster that defense in the first round. And oh, by the way, there's a really good chance Aaron Rodgers may not even play three more years. We just gave him that money now for the big guarantee so he'd be quiet and he'd be happy. We need to make sure we're prepared to have a competitive team if he decides to walk after any of these seasons. So that was telling to me, yeah, you're here for three more years, but <laughs> your number one target got traded. Yep. The best receiver in the game got traded because we were so busy worrying about you. We're not worrying about you anymore. You got what you wanted. You got your money. You got to be the focal point. As far as the Patriots go, their draft told me, Belichick ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. Sorry, folks. Hate to tell you this. You got a lot of speed, Chris. <clears throat> you got a lot of speed, and you don't go and take the pick they made in the first round. Because, again, that comes down to fifth-year option. That's exactly why they did it. Offensive linemen get expensive in free agency, especially good ones. So if after three years this kid turns into exactly what they think he will, who knows? He could be a schmuck. He could be a scrub. He could be a bust. Or he could be like the last guy people freaked out on when they spent the uh, first-round pick on an offensive lineman. Logan Mankins. I mean, they probably have in between points too, but Mankins was a big one. They took him at 32 back in 2005. And people were like, oh, why did they do that? Again, fifth-year option, same reason. Well, and Chris, and Chris just to kind of kind of enhance your point, the last two guys that got paid as guards from the Patriots, Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason. And the Patriots had to fork over money for Shaq Mason, and then they just traded him because his, his value, his money was getting too high. Yep. And Joe Tooney, they never – re-upped him they let him go to kansas city same points they were not first round picks they did not have that luxury of the fifth year option so they like oh we got to give him money after four years and oh by the way they played with tom brady so their value went up so we had one of them we had to keep and we signed shot mason early nice decent deal but got heavy in the back end and then joe tooney just got priced out so it, it just, you know, after I thought about it for a while, reviewed everything, it kind of did make sense. Not be, and, and even though I don't know who the guy is, that doesn't mean he's not good because I didn't know who Logan Mankins was. And look how and, that turned out. And look, yeah, it's not exciting. We sat there for, what, three hours watching all the way up to them picking? Well, first about two and a half, and it gets to pick 21. And if trade, oh, the page has traded down to 29. That's not a surprise. They trade down a lot in the first round. I'm surprised they kept the first round pick. Normally they trade out of the first round. But the fact they didn't tells me they had their eye on somebody. Right. And the fact they were willing to trade with so many, I mean, a lot of really good players went from 22 to 28. The fact those players were within their reach at 21 and they didn't take them, they were comfortable trading down to 29, tells me this kid was one of the guys on their radar the entire time. And everybody out there criticizing, uh, you know, including you know, Sean McVay. Uh, Sean, I just want to point out uh, Cooper Cup was the third round pick. Ended up being pretty good. Yeah. So where you're drafted doesn't ultimately assume your value. And I like McVay, but he's the cool kid in school and he's having fun going around, you know, taking everybody's lunch money right now because he can do no wrong in the media's eyes. So, I mean, 
let's 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 tone down the uh, criticism there a little bit, Sean. Until you've done, I don't know, a tenth of what Belichick's done. Um, I I just like I hit on yeah. one point with the Packers. Um, I like their draft, and they even picked up Christian Wa- uh, Watson. I don't know much about him, but just looking at his bio, he's six four, six four, two oh eight. He's a big boy, so. I think they see the raw talent and ability, just like the Patriots. Um, was it Tyquan Thompson? I think is his name. Yeah, out of second round, had uh, had the fastest uh, forty time at the uh, the draft. Four uh, the two combine. one, four two one forty. So let's not let's not let's not just just dismiss that raw offhand. And uh, Devontae Wyatt, I heard a lot approaching the end uh, approaching the draft. I heard a lot about how. He would have been a top pick if he didn't have the off-field off field issues. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they are. I didn't look into them. I'll take them at their word that he has some off-field issues. But, you know, that's, that's someone that I thought the Patriots might have taken uh, once I started hearing about him. I was like, oh, a, a defensive tackle that you could pair with Christian Barmore. But I guess they have confidence in Barmore, and they also took, a, I think, a guy later in the draft. Uh, who seems like he's legit uh, rotational guy, at least. Uh, I just want to hit on one point. Georgia Bulldogs dominated this draft. Dude, they were Alabama this year. (laughs) They dominated the first round. They dominated the entire draft. Uh, I'm impressed. And here's the scary part, Chris. They're reloading. They're not... They're not, you know, taking a step back and it's like, oh, okay, we're going we're gonna to rebuild for a year or two. Nope, they're reloading. These guys are – their quarterbacks didn't go anywhere. Um, actually, one of them's in the transfer portal, but their starter that, that took them to the uh, championship game um, is still there. So they're just reloading. And uh, it, it seems like Georgia is turning into another Alabama where they're just pumping out talent. We've seen talent coming out of there. They they put out a bunch of running backs uh, into the into the NFL, uh, namely Mr. Nick Chubb. Um, but I, I I'm genuinely impressed on what Kirby Smart has done down in in Georgia, and how much talent he's literally putting in the NFL single handedly with his staff, and it, it's very impressive what he's yeah. doing. Seems like every other player was uh. <laughs> offensive tackle wide receiver from georgia from georgia from georgia it was it was it was crazy it is actually insane chris how many players they put out i I saw a tweet earlier i wish i would have saved it it's like 20 something i think it was like 20 20, 2021 in the in in this draft alone just boggles the mind yeah i um i you know it's it's you get, I mean, look, experts are going to criticize, mm-hmm. and that's that is what it is. But it, it just seems to me like you know you get these these draft grades here, you know. Again, you got your teams like Jets, Giants. Oh, A plus, A plus. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're picking in the top five and there's all that talent, like if, if you don't end up getting that grade, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of more damning than it is, you know, credible if you do. Because you're picking the best of the best. Right. 
And uh, just you know, not, we've been going longer than we planned on, and just not to not to sit here and just continue to go on a Patriots path here. But I have no problem with the offensive guard in the first round. Absolutely no. I don't know why I keep saying offensive. I just see OG with the guard in the first round. Yeah. This is a Belichick player. Tyquan Thornton. Okay, what did you want us to trade up for another potential bust first rounder? No, we have other needs. We traded. We've traded for, uh, you know. We traded for the guy from Miami, Devontae, Devontae Parker. Yeah. You know, we, tr- we, we we have Kendrick Bourne. We still have Aguilar, for better or worse. I mean, didn't have a great year last year, but he did two years ago, and it's still there. Jacoby Myers, the, the two tight ends. Great running game. We drafted more fast running backs. And now we had this Tyquan Thornton kid in. Oh, and by the way, the third-round pick, Marcus Jones, is a standout returner on special teams also. So... I mean, these are all Patriot players. These are all their kind of players. Multifunctional. You know, can, you know, it's, they, they drafted what fits their team. Why? Because they just had to fill holes. They didn't have to build an entire dam like the Jets or Giants do. They just had to patch some holes and fill some weak spots and make sure that inevitably when you know they have to choose between a big contract for a linebacker or an offensive lineman and they can't afford the lineman that they have somebody on the cheaper side they can plug into was that I always get his name wrong that Michael Owenawu yeah Michael Owenu Owenu was a 6 round pick 2 years ago from Michigan Yes, sir. Is he? I honestly know I just figured you asked from so it must have been uh, but he's been he's been outstanding for 2 seasons Sixth round pick. You can never really tell. This str- everybody's sitting here criticizing this strange pick at twenty nine. Who knows if somebody doesn't trade up and take him 30, 31, 32. Belichick said he took him because he didn't think he would be there when he chose again in, in the mid fifties. They ended up trading back up at four fifty to get uh the receiver. But they didn't have another pick within the top fifty before that. If they didn't take him there. Belichick thought he would be gone. That's the entire point of taking someone in a draft. Why are you going to take a need and not draft it? Because a few experts who have a hair across their ass for the Patriots. Oh, we would have taken this guy because he's better on paper. All right. Well, you don't have eight Super Bowl rings in your safe. Belichick does. I'm going to go with what he says. Um, I just, I just want to finish off. Uh, we'll finish off with the Patriots. Um, they had two guys specifically uh, last year, uh, Cam McGrone and Ronnie Perkins. Now, I know Cam McGrone because obviously he went to Michigan, so I, I'm familiar with his work. Um, and Ronnie Perkins, they kind of had redshirt years, uh, so that's something that I kind of thought about um, after the draft. Is like, well, we got the. We didn't get a linebacker. Well, we got these two linebackers that didn't really play last year. And it seems like Bill's doing that a little bit more and more where, uh, especially if a guy gets injured in the regular season or in a training camp, and you could debate on the legitimacy of what the injury is. Um, But he does this with the drafts a lot where he'll get a guy and maybe he's not ready uh, for fully healthy and he won't play the first year, kind of redshirt, kind of carry that over. 
And now he's got himself essentially a draft pick, but has been in the system for a year. So I'm just trying to be as optimistic as I can about the draft. Uh, I look through the guys. Um, I'm going to probably going to look through some more uh, of the later guys and just kind of wrap my head about what they got. And it's just a concern about who's going to cover who. And, and I'll, I'll leave you at this point, Chris, um, all the, the concern we had about JC Jackson, just in the wind going to San Diego. Um, he had issues covering Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. He had issues covering Stefan Diggs. Um, JC Jackson I, could not cover elite receivers, not just elite receivers, but fast guys. Yeah. Who do they just draft? Fast corners. So let's just see where, where the, the, where everything lands. Um, and just to kind of put a bow on the draft, uh, it's interesting where some of these guys went. Uh, we had a lot of first round talent that just trickled into the second and third round. And I, I just hope for the best for all these guys, you know, there was expectations uh, I felt bad for Nicobe Dean and um, Malik Willis because they got invited to the green room and they didn't get drafted till the third round. And that kind of sucks because these guys were projected to be first round picks and they were invited to this um, ceremony and then they get picked till the third, third round. That kind of sucks to be honest with you. So um, I hope the best for everybody. Um, and I look forward to next year and I'm, I'm, gonna promise you right now chris and i'm gonna promise the the audience that i'm gonna do a more thorough job i'm actually already starting some work on it for next year of course you are (laughs) kind of looking at some stuff so i I just want to i want to have a a good knowledge of what what's going to go on next year because you know i got a lot going on and i can't just wait till last minute i'll close on this um what what is the goal of the draft for every team Prove your team. Prove your team. Not to make critics happy. Not to read off the the most um, you know electrifying name. Not to get the pop from the crowd. Like it's not the point. The point of it is to put the best team on the field to fill needs for your team. I'm going back to the Patriots here because it's our podcast and we can. What was the major takeaway from that thrashing that the Bills gave us in the playoffs? The team looked old. The team looked slow. This was they were. <laughs> they were. They were. The Bills just outclassed them in that game. This entire offseason hasn't been a ton of big names, but the one thing the Patriots have done, they've got younger and they've gotten faster. They improved. Yep. It can't always be the franchise quarterback at pick 15. Because if it is, that means something isn't working right along the way. So I'll just close with that. And uh, it was exciting. It was fun. Regardless of what anybody, you know, criticisms, it was one of the more fun first rounds I remember in a long time because didn't really know where a lot of teams were going, and it was exciting. All right. Anything else? You're good. All set. All right. Thank you very much for listening to episode 175. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can you get in touch with us? 
Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Sunday. Thank you.